Hey, this is Mohani Love from Let's Talk About It. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Today, we have Lisa. She started a company by the name of Dementia Whisperer. When a loved one with dementia can no longer communicate verbally, Lisa Skinner, a behavior specialist with over 25 years of experience, will share with you how to recognize common behaviors associated with dementia and what those behaviors mean. Skinner's original thinking and counterintuitive solutions provide family members, caregivers, and others with the tools needed to effectively manage the symptoms of brain cause dementia. Lisa Skin, let's talk about it. Hello. Hi, Lisa. You know, when I reached out to have you on my podcast, um, of course, I had a situation with my parent that sounds like dementia. And um, I was just so curious about it. Let's talk about it. What what made you get into this field? What what was what, what pointed you in the direction to focus on dementia? I would say my very first experience left such a huge impact on me. It was I was about 15 years old and my grandmother started displaying some very odd behaviors. She, I would visit her. She only lived a few miles away. I'd go over to her house and she would start telling me about these birds that lived in her mattress and would come out at night and peck at her face. She described um, these men that were breaking into her house and stealing her jewelry and they wanted to harm her. She would talk about rats running alongside her walls and as it turns out she was calling the police every single day multiple times a day calling them out to check on all these things and i think that my aha moment was when they tracked my mother down came over to our house and they said to my mother i'll never forget this this police officer said you really need to do something with your mother. She is an absolute nut. Yeah, we can't keep um, responding to all these calls that she makes. We don't have the resources to handle it. You need to do something with her. And this was like 45 years ago. And I felt so insulted that 
he would take that approach with a woman who clearly had something wrong with her and she was she was the farthest thing from a nut that I knew and that just stayed with me um, throughout my life and so what led me into this as a career is when I went to college I took a course on human behavior and I was so fascinated by it that I ended up pursuing a degree in human behavior it just really always intrigued me what makes people tick why do they believe why do they behave the way they do Mm -hmm. and I ended up getting a job as a um, community counselor in an assisted living memory care facility in upstate New York and that really launched my career since Mm. then I have not only counseled thousands of families but I have also had eight of my own family members afflicted with one of the brain diseases so my grandmother was my first And so I have really come to understand this disease. I know what families are going through. I know their pain. I know the things that they're challenged with. And I also um, have had a career in this arena for over 25 years. So I have, okay, and I'm going to, while I'm listening to you and I was staring at your um, flyer that you sent me, right? listening and this information just came to me that I want to share this is just now so I was looking at the word dementia right and I'll tell I'll ask you questions because my father I believe my father also had it Mm. and did experience it with my grandmother and and so anyway looking at the word dementia right Mm -hmm. for some reason I Everybody that goes through dementia, they start to see people. They tell you, oh, the people right there, somebody's sitting right there. Oh, they're laughing at me. Oh, just like what your grandma went through, my grandma, my my father. Is it possible that when you age and your brain goes into this particular state that you can actually see into another dimension? That's why it's dementia. This is just something that, this is another side of it. You know, that's a really interesting question, and I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me that before. Um, my and I, oh, by the way, I also have a degree in behavioral, um, you know, science. So, but, oh, cool. but that just went to my, I, I was looking at the word, you were speaking, and then I said, I have to ask her this because dementia, dimension, in another dimension, we, you know, there are other souls. You know what I mean? So. You know, I don't think any of us will ever really know the true answer to that. But wow. as far as we know yeah. it is um, just in their minds, their individual minds, mm-hmm. because of the changes that are organically happening to their brains. Mm. They. Uh, some of the behaviors that we commonly see are false beliefs, hallucinations, delusions. You know, del- a delusion is, uh, would, would, if the example is my grandmother believed there were birds living in her mattress and she honestly believed they came out and pecked at her face, even though there was absolutely no evidence that there was even a hole in her mattress let alone birds living in it but in her mind 
she believed it to the core and this was yeah. really happening to her I believe I mean I experienced I mean I just lost my dad in May of this year we were taking care of him at home and certain things I noticed that he was a very intelligent man right mm-hmm my grandmother who had dementia was not very intelligent and I you know these are the things I started to look and go wow when you go through it with someone who's highly intelligent when he speaks you can't you don't connect it with dementia right away because he would just he would ask us this question uh once we got he came home from the hospital um and he was in a hospital bed we were taking care of him at home he would say when did I buy this house when did I buy this new place and we would look and go, this is the same room. But we did repaint it. We did clean it out. You know what I mean? It was a new room. But he just felt like he bought it. And then he would uh, talk and say stuff like, I have straps on my hand. Could somebody get this off? You know, something. You see that belt around my hand? You, you see what I'm saying? That's absolutely that and we would I would look and go no it's nothing there and I would rub the spot and he would go you sure I could feel it and I would go no it's nothing there and um yes the repeating but it wasn't like my grandmother I, I mean it really was a difference so that's another thing that I'm curious about is dementia is dementia and that's something that believe it or not sorry to say probably 90% of people will go through it as they get older but uh, education level have something to do with how they respond to it, how they speak? The only correlation I know about education level is the higher the education a person has, the lower their risk is of developing dementia. Alzheimer's disease oh, and Alzheimer's. dementia at a later age. But what if somebody does develop it, then it really doesn't have any connection to how it impacts them. Uh, because again, you know, you can have a thousand people in a memory care facility and every single one of them has a, one of the brain diseases that causes dementia. And there are over a hundred and wow. every single person's experience going through this dementia journey can be different. They vary. Wow. There are a lot of commonalities to yeah. the symptoms and the behaviors that we see, but yeah. not everybody experiences it the same way. So um, that's that's the one um, correlation I am aware of regarding education is uh, if somebody has a uh, you know a PhD versus uh, eighth grade education, their risk of developing it is lower, but it still doesn't mean that they won't get it. I mean, I have known people who are lawyers and doctors and mm-hmm. scientists who have developed um, dementia. So it's um, it's really kind of hit and miss who it who develops it and who doesn't but there are risk factors involved and the more risk factors you have stacked up against you the higher risk you have of developing it but that still doesn't mean you will wow I mean we noticed last year he would he would come he would go to my mother and say uh, something like 
let's say he he goes um she goes we're gonna order Chinese food in in an hour he go okay she orders it already with him right there and then he'll come back an hour later and go you're gonna order the Chinese food and she's like I just did but the fact that he was so intelligent and every other conversation was great when his grandkids came over the great you know it was strange you know um, diagnosed with it not at all that's the thing if, when people would come to ask questions he answered everything fine on point it was like I don't know if because he was around the family he was relaxed it was but to move forward on that um do you feel as though is there anything that can prolong dementia is it is it true that there are diets they have foods you can eat now for preventative there's nothing known that will prevent the onset of dementia if you are destined to develop it. It's it's a kind of a foregone conclusion. You're either going to or you're not going to. Wow. And yeah, the older you get, the chances of a person developing dementia, dementia after, like in their 80s, is one out of two people. So the numbers are staggering. Really? You know, you can, you can be sitting at a dinner table and look to the, per, the at the person on your right, mm -hmm. and which one of the two of you are going to develop it. Look to the person to your left, which one of the two of you are going to develop it. But there are things you can implement, and people can start implementing these things to lower their risk at any age, at any stage, and it um, would be uh, maintaining. Um, kind of a Mediterranean style diet where you're eating um, leaner meats, fish, mm. uh, leafy vegetables, um, no processed food, limited sugar, those type of things. Exercise has already proven to be um, essential in lowering a person's risk and it doesn't have to be no pain no gain kind of exercise it can be walking for 20 or 30 minutes a day uh, riding an exercise bike swimming uh, low impact type things but it still is beneficial um, managing your cardiovascular disease that is a huge risk and co contributor to developing alzheimer's disease so is having diabetes but if man if if these medical conditions are being managed mm -hmm. then that's going to lower your risk if they're not being managed your risk goes way up that you will develop alzheimer's disease so lifestyle definitely has um, a very distinctive role in uh, whether or not you will develop it at a later age. And when I say at a later age, you can be implementing, you know, a, a better diet and, and challenging your brain, like learning a, a musical instrument or learning a foreign language. These all of these things help to lower your risk or reading. The, yes. Okay. Or doing puzzles, things like that not okay. sitting in front of a television set benching out yes. but um, all these things the studies have shown a definite correlation between lifestyle improvements implementing the things that I just mentioned and lowering your risk because keep in mind um, Alzheimer's disease does not typically show up in a person until they are usually 65 or older 
And every five years after the age of 65, your chances of developing Alzheimer's increases substantially. But if you did these things at a younger age, like you started these things in your 30s, you will lower your risk of developing it later on in life. Isn't that incredible? Yes, it is. And also, how about if you have a parent, one of your parents had it? Does it make your risk, you know, is it a greater chance that you probably would do it? I mean, like I said, preventative, you can go do what you have to do. Like you just explained in your 30s, you start, but is it possible that you can kind of say, uh, it's waiting for me? <laughs> because well, Yes, what you're saying is true. And I mentioned earlier that I've had eight family members with dementia. Five of those have been blood relatives. That increases my risk substantially, but it still doesn't mean that I will get it. It might bypass me, but certainly my risk is elevated because it, it does tend to run in families. Now, I'm not saying this is genetic. It runs in families. The genetic form of Alzheimer's disease is actually called early onset. Early onset. Early onset. It shows up um, earlier than the age 65. I mean, there have been people in their 30s who have been diagnosed. And that is the genetic form of Alzheimer's disease. You either have the gene, you carry the gene, or you don't. But even if you do carry the gene, it still doesn't mean 100% that you will develop it. It means that you probably have a 50% chance of developing it. Wow. So, but running in families is definitely puts, is, is one of those risk factors that just stacks against you. Like in my family, so I've got that going against me. The number one risk factor to developing Alzheimer's disease is age. We can't do anything about that. That's a non-modifiable condition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being female is a risk factor. More females develop Alzheimer's disease than do males. So we got that going against us. <laughs> and then you add on the other things, it just increases your chances of developing it. But if they're managed properly, then it kind of negates that as being a high risk factor. Wow. So interesting. What's the youngest person? Did you ever do any research on the youngest person that ever? I mean, you said in your 30s, but. I do know of somebody that was 30 years old. Wow. That developed that, that uh, developed early onset dementia. Yes. And there are ongoing studies. I'm sure there are ongoing studies on something that can, I, I don't know. I mean. My experience, like I said, I do know about the seeing people and, the, you know, um, it's just so interesting. It's fascinating. It really is. Fasc- the- yes, it really is fascinating to see how your brain, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. And there are so many things about this disease because most people associate Alzheimer's disease or even dementia which is not a specific disease. It's really a broad term that's used to describe the symptoms that show mm-hmm. up with brain disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most people, when you they hear the word dementia or they hear the term Alzheimer's disease, the first thing that usually comes to their mind is memory loss and confusion. 
but it is so much more complicated than that. There are so many layers and so many aspects of living with this disease that a lot of people aren't even aware of, like all the behaviors that show up and all the personality changes. All and- the personality changes. Yes, yeah. do that. And you know what? Know what too with my mind? I noticed my grandmother, and, and this is my mother's mother, but my father. These are the two people I'm talking about. They both were worried about their money. <laughs> my father would have to count my money every day. <laughs> I've seen that so many times over the years. They become obsessed or or fixated on on one thing I've seen it over money I've seen it over so many different things and they just can't let go of that um, that one thing that they become obsessed about my grandmother it was her um, her jewelry she was obsessed with the fact that and she just wouldn't leave it alone that her jewelry kept disappearing and people were breaking into her house and stealing it and really what was happening she was putting it places and couldn't remember where it was she even yeah. had one time break open one of her locked jewelry boxes to um so i could see for myself that the jewelry was missing but it wasn't missing she put it at some place that she couldn't remember where it was and yeah. that's usually the yeah <laughs> That, you know, my I remember my uh, grandmother uh, blamed my sister's friend for stealing her money. Mm-hmm. And it was rolled up. She, she would take her money. This is amazing. So you have a regular long sleeve shirt on, right? She would sit the money right on the, the, the part where your wrist is and roll it all the way up to her elbow, to that area of her arm. And that's where she would hide her money. And then thought somebody was had stolen it because she didn't remember doing it. And she blamed right? the girl. And, you know, we were looking like, oh, but we knew she had dementia. And we knew the girl just came in and just stayed in one spot. And we're looking like it was, I mean, and then afterwards when we showed her where it was, she was like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, uh, but it was just, it, it is fascinating. It really is. And, it, and And when you experience that, you know, I've experienced it. Um, it really shows me a lot about life. The things that, you know, I don't want to take anything for granted anymore. I want to live. <laughs> I want to enjoy as much oh, yeah. time as I have I with think, my mental state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think all of us have kind of come to a newer appreciation of that just even since the COVID pandemic has hit us. Yes. Just can't take life for granted because um, there's just too many things that are going to impact it and cut it short and kind of throw you a curveball. And I would, I honestly have to say that living with Alzheimer's disease is definitely one of those situations. It just uh, is a long, drawn out disease. My grandmother lived with it for 20 years. The average person wow. had eight to 15 years. That's a long time to live with a disease that, um, you just are constantly declining and deteriorating and eventually the person that you were just completely disappears and then you know imagine the impact that that has on family members standing by and watching that for that many years yes. it's a tough situation and you have to watch over them 
Yes. You know, because, and that's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, if you're going to keep them home to care for them, that's like, <laughs> that's a job. You I know think what I'm it's probably the hardest job anybody will ever take on in their life is yes. to care for somebody with cognitive impairment. Yes. And eventually that person needs help with everything. They, they eventually deteriorate to the point where they can't do anything on their own. But when that happens is different for everybody so it's definitely a very challenging uh, family situation yes it really is um so do you think the future holds any breakthroughs that really like medication maybe um with all of their research do you think the research is progressive successful I do know, and this was a recent um, fact that I'm stating, and I uh, was told this by the Alzheimer's Association at a workshop that I attended recently. Mm -hmm. Right now, as we speak, there are over 300 trials being performed on different treatments and cures and medications and and a variety of different things to help... um, find a solution for this disease whether it be a treatment or a cure there haven't been any medications that have been new to the market in 18 years except for this newest one um, that just was approved by the FDA but the problem with it and it, it needs to be further studied is it helps to remedy the plaques and tangles, the amyloid plaques and the proteins that form in the brain that cause Alzheimer's disease, but it has to be caught in the very, very early stages. And the problem is, is that the in the very earliest stages of this disease, mm-hmm. the symptoms are so subtle that it's almost impossible to distinguish between brain disease and just the normal aging process. And most people are not even diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease till they're already into the mid stage. They could have been living with it for years and then it's too late for this new medication. But there are some promising results happening with stem cell research. So that's, a possibility for future but I'm telling you if we don't find something the numbers of people the number of people that will be developing this disease especially with the baby boomers aging are staggering they're going to double they're projected to double worldwide in the next 25 to 30 years I have two things that I want to ask you You do know that with COVID, a lot of people talked about memory loss after they've caught it. That was one of the lasting symptoms that stayed with them. And something else came to mind. Is there some, a statistical rate that can, you know, show us is dementia more prominent in African-American culture? Is, Is there a culture where it's more of it? Is there a location that more people with dementia in New York City, less people with it in the South? Like, is it more people who live in a busy atmosphere who develops dementia? Like, what 
it has to be something. Yes. There are statistics that speak to um, the fact that your ethnicity does increase your risk of developing dementia. Ah, mm-hmm. The African American um, mm-hmm. community, Hispanic, um, Native American, Pacific Islanders, all of those ethnicities have proven to show a higher risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And what do we have in common? We have a lot of melanin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm really t- sure like I'm trying to figure out all of those cultures. It could be the food. Um, you know, I just that came to my mind. I was just so curious about that because when it comes to um dementia, all time is I've talked to many people and it's been different races who have experienced this. Yeah, they but, even have um the facts and figures about which ethnicities are at higher risk on the um Alzheimer's Association website. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the main ones are African American, Hispanic. Pacific Islanders and Native Americans are the four highest risk groups, if I'm not mistaken, because I don't have it in front of me. But they have it actually posted uh, in their on their website in the uh, most recent 2021 facts and figures about, um, you know, dementia st- statistics. They actually address that factor, the ethnicity factor. Um, but but I don't really I don't really know if we understand the the reason why i don't i don't know if that's actually um been explained yet i think it you're right i think it might have something to do with lifestyle um Mm -hmm. foods you eat things like that but i don't know if there's actually anything that's been determined uh definitively can you, we're, we're wrapping up and I would like for you, please share your information with the audience. I mean, wait, you know, your website, you know. how. Okay, to I'd love to. So I have a brand new book out. It's available oh. on Amazon and on um, other fine booksellers, Barnes and Noble. It's called Truth, Lies, and Alzheimer's. It's Secret oh Faces. Okay. And then the other thing, a great resource for your uh, listeners would be to go to my blog because a lot of the things that we've discussed today and and a lot of um, valuable information, tools, and tips are posted on my blog. Mm -hmm. And that you will find on Facebook. And it's called Not All Who Wander Need Be Lost. That's the name of my blog. Hmm. Okay. Well, guys, thank you for listening to Mahani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. And never forget, I love you. Thank you, Lisa Skinner, for coming by. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.